I perceive money as the root of all evil. No, 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 no. People put that evil in. Like you instill value and you instill ideas. So if you instill money as end all be all and you take it to the extreme and your life is nothing but money and all your relationships fall apart, well, that's what mm. money is to you. Boom shagalaka. Ladies and gentlemen, freaks and geeks, welcome to the Crystal Journey podcast, the coolest, most conscious podcast in all the world. Ladies, we got a treat. We got my brother from another mother, the chocolate soul brother, Okito. This guy is cool. He's good looking. He's charismatic. He has the knowledge. The guy is into the crypto scene. He's into tech. He's into mycelium mushrooms. I always make reference to you being into that because you're the first person that started telling me about mycelium mushrooms and all that kind of stuff. We're going to get into that. We're going to delve into a whole bunch of controversial topics. Buckle up, senoritas. This one is going to be legit. Oh! But before we get on this podcast, I just want to say, ladies and gentlemen, be sure to like this video, subscribe, click on the bell, tell your friends, tell your mom, tell your momos. If you're on TikTok, if you're on YouTube, uh, be sure to share this, send this to a random person, tell them to check it out. Buckle up. All right. So, Akito, I have been trying to get you on my podcast for quite some time. You are a knowledgeable person. We, we have a lot of commonalities. You know, we're both um, um, chocolatey, smooth. And uh, we're both into music. You're a, you're a hip hop artist, and uh, uh, amongst other things. But more importantly, man, you, you drop a lot of knowledge. I always enjoy talking to you. Our conversations are very conscious and also, yeah, just down to earth, you know. And I thought it'd be a great opportunity to have you come here and just share your awesomeness to all the amazing what two viewers that we have right now. We'll get more. Be sure to everyone. I want you guys to to share this far and wide so we can get. At least uh, another couple more viewers here. <laughs> but no, I'm, I'm sure it'll pick up. But ladies and gentlemen, um, introducing Akito. Do you want to tell us a bit about yourself, what you do, what you're about? Uh, wow, you gave quite an intro. Uh, I'm, by profession, I'm a designer. So I essentially like solving other people's problems and get paid for it. I'm a user experience designer to be specific. So for those that don't know what that is, essentially all the little buttons and text and all the things that's in the app, Someone like me is on the TikTok team, and they essentially design, test it with users and figure out what's the next best feature and where to put it, put it where to stick it, how best to present it, and um, that's the kind of stuff I do. All right. So you're a geek. But uh, I, I mean that in a positive yeah, no, way. Totally. You know? I, I, no, I, I yeah, love absolutely. the term geek and nerd. Like, yeah. And I think everyone is a geek and nerd in their own ways and fashion. But I, I say that with, with respect. <laughs> I feel like a geek maybe in the 80s was kind of like, you're a geek, not cool, but now we have the geeks that are taking over the world. You know, the people that are not only knowledgeable about the tech scene, but they have the money and they yeah. got the ladies as well. And you're someone that has all of those things, brother. Yeah, <laughs> I would say that uh, the, the, the term has always been the same. Uh, so back then, yeah, they didn't have the money, they didn't have the power, right? But you were called a geek and I was looked down upon. But some people did like it. And now people can still call you that and it's whether you want to wear it as a badge of honor. But yeah, now a lot of geeks are running the world like Mark Zetterberg, for example. And um, and then programmers get paid insane amounts. I'm probably in the wrong career. But, uh, you know, yeah. Absolutely. You feel like you're in the wrong career? Because I know nah, you're I'm a hip-hop artist as well, I'm, right? I'm making a joke. Um, uh, user experience designers get paid well as well. 
Uh, but like, I mean, these, I don't know what, I don't know. Was it the same for you growing up? You thought of like doctors and lawyers, they get paid decent amounts. Right. And mm. then programmers, I don't know if any of you guys know programmers out there, but six figures, no problem. Like first year out, you know, that's, they're, they're that's taking out of the world. And I feel like the most important thing in the future is going to be what is referred to as TQ. Because we have IQ, you know, typical oh, intelligence. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. T- yeah, TQ deals with your ability to use technology. Because yeah. you, you have a look at the new world, right? Yeah. We're moving into a point where you're going to need to know how to use social media if you want to promote yourself. Even if you're in a field, right, where yeah. you think it does, you don't need to sell yourself like some OnlyFans uh, person, but you just want to promote your business. Totally. I read just a while ago that one of the, the most uh, recruited types of, uh, of, of work is someone that ha- has... Uh, design skills as someone that's able to make video, that kind of stuff. Because mm. a lot of businesses are looking to promote their businesses on on TikTok, other platforms. Yeah. And if you actually have those skills, those tech tech skills, you're making yourself very valuable. So, 100% agree. speaking about the tech world, bro, how'd you get into that? Is that something you've always been into? <laughs> yeah, I guess so, for sure. Uh, I guess it manifests itself over time. Uh, when I was younger, I definitely was into like science and tech, and then at some point in time, it definitely became tech. But I was a I was always a creative child, so I used to draw a lot. I would say I was a pretty darn good drawer. I would just like look at something, draw it, draw it on a different scale, give it to all my friends, you know, all that good stuff. And but I, I knew I'd never wanted to be like an illustrator or anything. I was like, this is fun. Um, I don't want to get paid for that. And so I just really focused on my other interests and I uh, went to college for tech stuff. I think it was information systems and technology. Basically, you just become like a glorified tech guy and you tell programmers to make stuff for you and get paid big bucks. That's, that's more to it than that, but yeah. And then after that, I, it, it struck me that I didn't have enough of the creative element and I became a graphic designer. I self-taught graphic designer and just started doing it from there and i was you know designing ads logos you name it i was obsessed with print stuff indesign was like my favorite program to work with i thought it was like the pinnacle of technology and then uh then i was missing the tech side and i really wanted to make websites and get into the interactive stuff so my entire journey has been just basically combining all of the favorite aspects of my interest into one career if I could pull it off. And magically, that career did exist, which is what I do now. Uh, the light bulb moment was definitely when the app, when Apple opened up the App Store. Like, I don't know if people really remember this or pay attention to this, but I'm a tech geek. That was revolutionary. There was no... Uh, I'm just going to uh, try to get you into the camera a bit more here. All right, we're good. In the past, when you had uh, technology platforms like uh, an old phone, to get an app on those phones, you had to be in meetings that no one was there for. You had to have money and connections or like break mics over here. And then Apple basically said, oh no, we're gonna open up for everyone and you could make whatever you want and just put it on the app store. And when that happened, I was like, this is it. This is this is, this is is how I can get in. This is what I can do. And, and I've just been pursuing it ever since. And yeah, you, we're just all a part of history. That's kind of revolutionary. Now, like, th- there's that car play, and now apps are in cars. Like, it's just keep going. Absolutely. Bro, let's get into crypto NFTs, because you're someone that has delved into that. Um, if I can say, you're, you're pretty knowledgeable, you're doing pretty well. And uh, how's that affected just the whole tech space recently? Is Because I'm seeing a lot of focus in regards to 
the use of NFTs in the in the world of business marketing. A lot of artists are now looking to sell their their merchandise as NFTs. They're they're looking to essentially do everything on the blockchain. Have you seen that affect your Jesus. your industry? These are big topics, bro. Wow. Yeah. He told, I'm just going to try to get something oh, a bit more sustained with the uh, camera angle here because I feel like it's chopping out all your chocolatey goodness. Yeah. All right. Keep talking, bro. I got you. Okay, wait. So, all right. Oh, NFTs. Oh, so how do I see it affecting essentially everything? Yeah. Uh, wow, that's a big... You, you clumsy today. What do you... Yeah, I'm just, you know, I'm trying to get everything perfect. This is what happens when you uh, run these podcasts on the fly, ladies and gentlemen. But yeah, I think we got it. I wasn't sure I wanted to do it, and then I was surprised, and I was like, roll that beautiful bean footage. All right, I think we got it now. Okay. Cool. He wants me to get closer to okay. this guy. So just, all right, we're good. Okay. All right, cool. Oh, so NFTs. NFTs. Or crypto in general. What? Crypto, NFTs, let's let's drop it. What's uh big topic. Okay, so what's the go on that? What's the go on that? Uh essentially we are in the we are at the edge of technology. We are at the the pinnacle of everything. This is a essentially a game changer. And NFTs right now they're like JPEG art and everyone's getting caught up in that. The the, the fun side of that is that this is the intro and people are getting a taste of you know, playing with it and seeing that it's a real thing, that crypto isn't just this make-believe nonsense uh, that'll die and go away. Now what we're seeing is that NFTs allow you to make these uh, specific identifiable tokens and you can attach that to anything. Right now we're attaching it to random JPEG art, uh, but I read an article the other day, a really big, uh, what do they call them, school publishing house for books. You know, when you go to college and you buy those really expensive books, one of the major companies, I think it's called Pierce, uh, they are NFTing their books essentially because their books are going digital anyway. And so wait, wait, wait. What is it? What is an F NFT? Because I have oh, yeah. I have heard this defined so many ways, but I still don't really understand it. Because okay. I'm, I'm sure a lot of people are just hearing us speak about these terms, oh. but they have no idea what it is. All right. What the I'll fuck is an N NFT? I'll try my best to break it down. There's many ways to describe it. I'll try this one. If you guys don't get it, put it in the comments. I can rephrase it. So essentially, if you know what Bitcoin is, Bitcoin is just uh. Uh, coin representations on a blockchain so you have them you can exchange them and they're fungible that's the term they use a lot meaning like one for one it's equal and there's a and there's going to be 21 million max right mm -hmm. cool nfts are now imagine that one bitcoin imagine if someone made a different chain they're like no 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 no. each bitcoin is unique like they're not fungible like this is different than that um so then you could take this one you can call it a coin or whatever the case is. Let's just call it uh, an NFT. And you can attach that to essentially like an ID card. And that ID card could represent you and a company and you can enter the building because there can only be one and that is attached to you and your identity, for example. And so what I was just mentioning about that um, uh, college book publishing company is essentially they're going to make each of their books an NFT. So they're going to make an edition of, uh, you know, whatever, some science book. And they're going to make, I don't know, like... 500,000 copies of it digitally and they and each of them will have essentially like a, a magical serial number and that is the NFT number and there can only be one and it essentially tracks the history so when you buy it from the publisher on the blockchain it will go to your wallet and you will own that book you you know like you've purchased it and the publisher gets the money and now when you after the end of the school year when you sell that book because you want to get your money back uh, now the beauty the beautiful part about the NFTs is that it's tracked on the blockchain. So when I sell the book to you, because you're going to take that class next term, you pay me and the publisher automatically gets uh, 
essentially a percentage of every future sale of that book. And that's revolutionary because normally you buy the book from the store and that's where their their uh, gains end. When I sell it to you, that's secondhand market. They never get those gains. And you and we could sell those books for as many years as you know we need to. Publishers were trying to game the system in order to keep making money. They're like, oh, we need to make a new edition to get people to buy the next one. Otherwise, they're going to go out of business. Using this system, they don't have to do that anymore. Therefore, not having the need to make new editions with barely different information. Game changer. And this is like, I think this is a pivotal application outside of regular JPEGs. That's real world usage and that will benefit a business. Like this is big. This is real big. So for someone like myself, a musician, struggling artist, mm -hmm. uh, how does this help me selling my music out? Like why would you oh. sell something as an NFT if oh that was God. even an option uh, to do it? Yeah. With music, right? As opposed to the the typical avenue of a, a normal uh, distribution company to sell all your records from that. Yeah. So if you want to look at it um, for that example, uh, and this can go in many different ways. What I also want to emphasize is that this is a simple technology of like IDing a unique identifier to essentially anything electronic, and you know potentially even physical. Um, and you can attach that to anything. Like I use an ID card, the first example, and then the publisher house is having a book. So for your example, it will be music. So when you release an album, you can release a certain set of them. And uh, when people buy that album, if they share it with someone else, if they sell it to someone else, you can you can get benefit from that. Or, I mean, because it's the music industry. Oh, it it's a great way of tracking everything. So every yeah. time it's sold, yeah. I like it, man. So normally, back in the day, when you think about cds sure uh you sell a cd that's it if it was if your friends yeah. sold between each other you never get those well, earnings fair enough that benefits someone like me an artist right because obviously yeah. i can get a percentage every time it's sold but for some a, a, a customer that wants to buy this shit i mean isn't that a, a disadvantage to them knowing that anytime they sell this thing they're no they're, are they losing anything no. no it's the same experience for everyone else so okay uh if you were going to buy a digital album on iTunes and then I didn't want to do it, but you wanted to like put it on my phone. We would just find a way to do that. And that would be the end, you know, or you can sell it to me. Like I had to pay for this. Just give me a little bucks. And you know, so the process is the same for everyone else. What happens is automatically without anyone having to do anything extra, the true creator, the original creator will always get a little tiny cut of that Sweet. profit. So the first First sale is them direct, and so they get a, a good, decent amount, whatever they mm -hmm. sell it for. After that, they're getting a little fraction of the sale price. And so that benefits you. It means you can make one thing and get continually play, paid for it. And what's, well, what's uh, an additional benefit is that uh, this opens up the realm of uh, wealth creation. So I don't know if many of you out there read books on like, you know, how to get wealthy or just how to handle your finances better. Some of the things you want to do is find ways to continually generate income so now if you're a creative you can you know make a painting and then sell it and it's done or you can make a whole bunch and then you sell them and it's done now with this digital age now with nfts they can continue to be sold and they will be continually sold and you will always get a benefit a, a little fraction of that income coming in from for the future and you don't have to do any more than the initial creation and sell and, and sale that sounds awesome. That's the passive income that so many people are yep. striving to get, right? Yeah. You seem like someone that is well-read, well, 
understands how to get wealthy. I mean, you, you've obviously done well. In, in, I mean, you, you mentioned some of these books. Like, you've obviously read some stuff in regards to wealth creation. What would be, for, for people out there that are trying to up their financial game and whatnot, what would be some books or advice that you'd have for them? Like, are there, are there any top books that you'd recommend? And what are the top things you can do outside of getting into the NFT world? Oh, wow. Um, you, you asked chunky questions. All right, let's, let's attack this. So a really a book that's fairly dated but is timeless that I read mm, I think during the lockdown period but it's been on my list forever is Think and Grow Rich. That is I know some people out there I had the same idea like oh it's an old book it's probably not relevant I'll find a more recent book cuz it'll be more relevant for today's time. Don't don't think like that. Think and Grow Rich is mind-blowing. Uh, Grab it, buy it. Yeah, um, I've and, I've heard of it, but I haven't read it. Like oh, this is a yeah. Is this why I'm still a, a struggling artist? What do I need to do to oh, lift up my oh, my money gains? I mean, I'm just doing the crypto thing at the moment, and that's you know, it's, I'm doing all right there. It Hopefully. really depends on on what you you want. Like, so I, everyone would have different goals. Maybe you just want to get your finances or know how to save. Financial. Everyone has the same goal, right? Like they want to have financial freedom to some extent, right? Yeah. And granted, we all want different levels of money, but ultimately. People want to make enough money so they don't have to be dependent on this slave rat race society, right? Totally. So how do you get that? Because I have my own thoughts. Let's, because uh, I feel like I come, I come from this anarchist libertarian kind of vibe, you know, which is what's going to mean to the crypto scene. And maybe you come from. I, I mean, I, I won't assume, but I feel like you probably have a, a more classical understanding of wealth creation, and whatnot. Even though you're into the crypto scene, so let's let's hear what your thoughts are on how to create wealth. <laughs> my thoughts on how to create wealth. Okay. Wow. Um, okay, so we can start from something simple that we all can grasp and we hear very often, which is work smarter, not harder. And uh, it's easy to say when you have a lot of money, just put like a million dollars into an interest-bearing uh, account, right? Like a Swiss bank account, then you can live off the interest for the rest of your life. Like I know the interest rates are really low. That's why you got to get into the crypto scene. Anyway, we'll save my thoughts for later. What, what are your thoughts, bro? There's many different avenues. For example, if you're a creative, like what we're talking about right now with the NFTs, it's something you probably want to look into. You mentioned books. I would say that I'm not familiar with any books that are out right now. And because the technology is changing so rapidly and people haven't applied it to even the places that a lot of us has already thought up that it will end up in, mm -hmm. um, it's best just to go straight to the web. Twitter is a great space. Bot. You just type in, you know, NFT and then start reading. Before you know it, you're down a rabbit hole that's informing you and blowing your mind. Uh, a lot of people start off from Reddit. I didn't start off from Reddit because Twitter is like live news flowing constantly. So I just go there. It's versus uh, Reddit is good for a lot of other things. And it was good for crypto. But then somehow crypto Twitter just became everything. Mm -hmm. And so I just go there. Keep talking. It's just my face is coming out here. People want to see my chocolate smile, not just yours, bro. But let me see if I can fix this. There for me, I'm the guest. Yeah, um, I know. But you know, I'm gonna have the chocolate noobs here. That's and um, and if you right. want to, uh, generally, you, Robert Kiyosaki wrote a great book, and it's called Rich Dad Poor Dad. That is one of my favorite books. It blew my mind, and I think any everyone should start there because he breaks down. Uh, in layman's terms, essentially like the, the understanding of uh, how money is created and also what are liabilities and assets. For example, 
uh, he says like, oh, you know, if you own your home, people think that's an asset. And he goes, no, it's not. You're living in it. Like, it's not. An, it's a liability. You have to do yeah. all these things and all these expenses go into it until you are, for example, renting it out and someone's paying you for that. Now it's an asset. And so, I mean, it goes into way more than that. But simple paradigm shifts like that that's how you start thinking differently because this is a thinking game people think like oh he's rich because of he's born into or whatever the case is a lot of people work for their earnings or a lot of people had a little you know they started off a little higher but then they've infinitely increased it because of their thinking and so i grew up poor by the way like i I, like broke in the hood and i just didn't want to continue that cycle and i didn't want to stay in that environment and so i went to books and surrounded myself with people that thought differently about money. Because uh, I would say another simple thing to do that will probably shift the way people think and start putting on a path to build wealth is if you surround yourself with people or you find yourself saying that money is the root of all evil, stop it. That doesn't make sense. And if and I don't want to like force people to think a certain way. Just keep asking. asking no, you should, the man. This is why. what this podcast is all about: forcing your views on people, man. Let's let's forcing speak your mind. Speak your mind, people. bro. No, uh, I think t- t- money t- is the root of all evil, bro. Debate me. Money is just it just leads to more and more problems, man. People get greedy. I'm a socialist. Uh, money's wrong. <laughs> money, money is agnostic. Money is a medium. Money is an adamant. It's just there. Uh, if we. Uh, if you actually, if we just look at artifacts of old money from old civilization, what is it worth? Uh, nothing. I mean, maybe worth in terms of like, it's a, it's a rare piece, but like, can you go buy a, you know, a sandwich with it? No, because no one cares about it. We don't put value in that anymore, but currently we put value in, you know, like let's say the Australian dollar or the U S dollar. Someone likes what you're saying. Jesse's just giving you a whole bunch of gifts there, but I, I, <laughs> I respect what you're saying. I, I totally agree. And, um, and it's, uh. It's it's all about perception as well. So, for example, I perceive money as, and, and it's okay if you don't agree with me, but like I perceive money as the root of all evil. No, 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 no. People put that evil in. Like you instill value and you instill ideas. So if you instill money as end all be all and you take it to the extreme and your life is nothing but money and all your relationships fall apart, well, that's what mm. money is to you. For someone who thinks money's real even, they run away from it, they stay broke and, you know, but they're happy and they stay away from it. You know, like it's whatever you want to build your world to be, it'll be. For me, money is, um, so I think time is the most valuable resource, right? We're only on the planet for this amount of time. We've got to work. We've got to do all these other things, all these other ambitions we have. Absolutely. And I think I can use money to do things to buy me time. And money is an agnostic medium that I sort of use as a report card. So back when we were in school, we had grades, we had like tests, we had ways of benchmarking. I look at it as, okay, well, uh, I started out making, you know, I was working at Starbucks making this much, and then I worked bar doing this much, and then, you know, I started studying design, then I started getting paid this much, and this showed me my progress, and I had milestones. And then, you know, I wanted to work myself, for example, out of the hood and you need money to do that. You need to like pay for higher rents. You need to like have resources and money opens those doors. And so I think it don't get fixated on the money. The money will come, which is you know, rich, uh, the rich dad, poor dad talks about that along with think and grow rich, think and grow rich and rich dad, poor dad. I would say these two books, it's 
a starter pack. So do these books typically focus on just the philosophy in regards to money, how you should think about it, or do they give you practical tools you can use to essentially get more money? They, uh, they both do both. Mm-hmm. Um, but they come from it from very different uh, avenues. So Think and Grow Rich, they actually, he actually gives you a whole, pl- whole plan. Like the chapters are broken out. Like, please do all these things. If you do all these things, trust me, your life will change for the benefit. And what I find fascinating is this book was written way back in the day. So this guy, this author, you know, he was working with the Rockefellers. He essentially went around to all the super successful people at the time. Um, I forget all the names, but you know, it's back in the days of like Rockefeller and uh, Ford, right? Where they were like kings of the world at that time. And they were like making huge strides. Uh, and he essentially was picking their brain and wondering how do you get to this point and like dissecting it and reverse engineering it so that he can make a game plan to share with the world on on how to, um, I said, it's called Think and Grow Rich, to become rich because that's what he wanted. But he says in the beginning of the book, he goes, hey, I'm going to give you a strategy to get what you want out of life. I wanted to be rich. And so it's called Think and Grow Rich. And this is the process I used to get rich. But you can apply that to anything you actually want. If you want like true love, you want someone to be with for the rest of your life and start a family with, you can apply these principles to that. And then you will therefore get that. So, okay, well, how would that apply to love? Like you kind of explain uh, money in terms of like things you can do in order to get money, at least the yeah. mindset you should have. Let's say if I wanted to get lots of bitches, I mean, lots of beautiful women, right? <laughs> How do I? In the how do I? This is this is obviously a a perfectly uh good gentleman like podcast. No no inappropriate behavior here. I'm trying to keep it clean for uh, Akito. He's a gentleman. Uh, how do I get lots of beautiful ladies with this mindset of a capitalist? With, with capitalist? Because <laughs> <laughs> oh what do I? I mean, do I work hard? Like uh, I mean, I'm trying to I'm trying to apply this to women. Like, how do I? Do I just so uh, for that? I guess one you need to read the book, but like just to pull snippets of the book. Uh, the book isn't that huge, but he talks about it a lot, and it blows your mind. So like you know, I'm not going to do it justice, but hopefully this is a, a teaser mm-hmm. trailer for people to actually go and acquire it. For sure. Uh, so essentially, essentially he talks about one of the things he talks about is um, essentially figuring out what you want, right? Crystallizing it, simplifying it into like simple phrase and making it into a fashion. These are things we probably all heard before, but making it into a very achievable, attainable thing and you make a strategy towards it. And then not only do you do that, you also have to like write it out to yourself and and reinforce it. And not only that, you should also share it with people. So, um, you know, if there's people you trust, people that will support you, uh, you know, girlfriends, family, whatever the case is, is like a friend, anyone, a mentor, mm-hmm. keep sharing that this is what you want. And believe it or not, that plays into uh, uh, essentially the world eventually bringing you what you want. And he talks about it and it almost becomes like this weird philosophical, like, it sounds like ethereal. the law of attraction, bro. Yes, correct. Yeah. But there's and a lot of science to that, you know? Exactly. And that's what I found interesting. This book was made before that law of attraction, but he's talking about that. Well, that's actually been around. It, it I mean, it was like the seed. When the book came out, what, I'm guessing 70s, 80s, or something like that? No, it was before that. Okay. Remember, well, this I, is Rockefeller time. All right. Oh, fair enough. But I oh, will say the law of attraction, even before, look, this, this is my era, right? Like, it's, it's been around even before Oprah popularize this thing even before the 60s i mean these are fundamental laws of the universe like there are references made to this in the uh the Mm. kabbalion the hermetical sciences like the law of mentalism 
uh, law of attraction deals with Correct. essentially bringing what you want into uh, existence in terms of like what you focus on. Mind is creates reality, that kind of thing. Yeah, and so, so when, that's something that's been around for a while. Exactly, and when I was first introduced to that back, so I, I, we're in Australia right now, and but I'm from the U.S. I've been living here for a number of years. But back in the U.S., when I came across, I was working for a company, and everyone was about like self development, and I came across all these books, and people were talking about this. I even watched the the documentary The Secret, and they talk about laws of attraction. So. Sometimes they describe it, they describe it in many different fashions, but sometimes it's almost like out of world. It's like this force out there and like, it, and, and it helps you do this. It's almost, you know, not godlike, but you know, it, 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 the way they talk about it, something, it felt like that. And I, and that aspect of it sort of made me like, yeah, yeah. I mean, I see what you mean, but the way sure. you describe it is interesting. Now, when I then I read that, but I, but I still believe that because they also bring up scientific uh, research that was done and blah blah blah. So you have this balance. But I was just like, it's a very interesting way of describing it. In Thinking Grow Rich, which was made way before that, he breaks it out in the book in a fashion that made total sense. And I'm gonna try to do it justice, but basically it works sort of like this: If I wanted to essentially, uh, let's say I wanted to become a really good DJ. Right. So I'll one, I'll put that up on the board and I reinforce it to myself. You got to reinforce it to yourself. You got to encourage yourself. And then you want to obviously put in the work. You know, you can't just like say something and think something's going to come to you. You have to put in the work. And then by also putting it out in the universe, mm -hmm. meaning you have to share with individuals because like so an idea in your head is it's non-existent. As soon as you vocalize it and you put it out there. Now that's real. It's hitting the airwaves. Absolutely. You hear it. Now you know what I'm thinking. Now you know what I'm after. That mm. makes it real. It's no longer imaginary, right? And then because you know it, and I keep reinforcing it, and I tell another friend, you guys know it, you guys somehow become like a part of this machine in the universe, like beacons. And you'll hear something when they be like, oh, they're looking for a DJ spot. Because you know I was looking for one. And you That's know I've been point. studying. And yeah. then all of a sudden... Then it comes to me, right? Now, here's an interesting part. This, this all made sense to me later on. If you don't do the work, if you're not studying how to DJ in between, mm -hmm. and this opportunity comes, you can't accept it. Or you can't yeah. even see it because your friend's like, he ain't fucking ready. Or, um, or it comes and you're not able to, you're not ready, or mm. you can't see the opportunity, right? But if you're studying, you're, then you're able to, one, spot it, and then two, execute on it which is pulling the trigger on it absolutely you, those two things are key so opportunities will come to you especially if you're putting it out there and maybe mm. some of you experienced that in your life you know but you just weren't ready and then you, you got to prepare to be ready to pull that trigger when you need to and it's okay if you miss and miss it the first time it'll probably come back around again and mm. you got to be ready to pull the trigger then and i think that that blew my mind yeah i I resonate with what you're saying. One of my favorite motivational speakers, Les Brown, speaks about this. Basically, there's opportunity and then there's skill. And when your skill meets your opportunity, oh. that's when, that's when it, it blows. Happens. But you mentioned a lot of things that I, I relate to in terms of speaking what you want, right? Because, mm. you know, I heard something a while ago that there are times when it's a good idea not to speak what you want because people will shut down your dreams and that can discourage you. That's mm. like another side to it. But yeah. I think what you're saying is true in the sense that if you if you speak these things openly, other people hear it. Other people know that, oh, Akito is a designer or a DJ or a hip-hop artist. And when they have an opportunity, they're obviously going to refer to you. Or, or Things will come to you. People will know about you if you talk. You yeah. talk, you know. But if you keep all this stuff to yourself, 
I mean, granted, mm-hmm. it can make sense if you need to protect this stuff. It's if it's some kind of an idea that you don't want to get out there. But that brings me to something else. A lot of people have the mindset that there there are some people in the tech world, like uh, Elon Musk, that want to have everything open source. They want to mm-hmm. have their ideas out there for the general public, so the general public can um, make these things better. They work from this sense of what I call Ubuntu, right? It's like we're working together. And then there are some people that have this mindset where they're all about patenting all these technologies because if someone else gets their idea, if someone, yeah, yeah, patent, yeah. Uh, The idea is you don't want someone to get a hold of your idea because then you're going to lose money, right? Mm -hmm. And it's like one idea is built off of what I'd call an an abundance worldview. And the other idea is that there is this world of scarcity. Like a lot of people, a lot of the socials believe that where is your, your, what you're speaking is all good and well, that you can think and grow rich and so forth, but only a finite amount of people can have access to um, a gr- great amount of wealth. Like at some level, we can't all be rich. Mm. What are your thoughts on that? Do, do you see it being possible for everyone and do you see it being beneficial to uh, have everyone have access to your ideas and so forth? Oh, that, you and these chunky questions. Okay, one, so yeah. uh, in terms of uh, access to ideas. Okay. Um, so specifically in Elon's mission, he made it clear. He says, basically, he's, listen, he's trying to change the world. And he he believes that he's doing a great job with Tesla and doing the electric cars. Like, extraordinary job. But mm-hmm. it could be. The job can be even better if there's other players and, you know, they have a decent start, you know, because you need an electric uh, charging infrastructure for these cars, you know, and sure, he could probably do it, but it'll just take longer. What if you open source and like now Ford can join the the part now Nissan can join the part and now all all of us can benefit from that. And sure, he has a head start. Sure, he's going to make money, but like he's just like. It's faster this way, and everyone has success this way. Um, and I think once you have two hundred and fifty billion dollars, your goals shift away from wanting to make more money to wanting to uplift the vibration of the planet in terms of totally. like benefiting more people. And like a lot of people forget that not all of these rich elite want to have world domination. A lot of them actually want to benefit the world. You know, they they're actually trying to make a change for the positive, and I respect that. Totally. Um, but one of the problems I have, though, is that I feel like the game is rigged to some extent. Like when you see people like Elon Musk oh, getting these deals with, question. yeah, with, with the government, where there, I think recently there was some kind of um, a special lane that's been built in the United States that's going to give Tesla a, a faster ability to deliver their products. So they're actually making a special like transport lane or something like that for Tesla. And it's when the government gets involved, because I believe in the free market, right? Mm, yeah. I think it's not fair when the government... I mean, granted, this is done in order to uplift uh, mankind and so forth, and the world's looking at Tesla as this amazing company, right? Yeah. If we can help them, we can help the world. But when you start favoring them, when the government wants to give special favoritism to uh, SpaceX, you know, by giving them a $1.5 billion grant or build a special lane that only they have access to... That allows these corporations to essentially have uh, what more. Is, what, what's the lane thing? Um, that's essentially what I said. Like, like they're like a like a yeah. street lane. I'm not ex- I'm not sure in regards to the details, but essentially they're built because Tesla does so much, um, uh, generates so much money and does yeah. so much del- delivery and, and yeah. stuff they're doing. They've actually they're actually focusing on building a a, a dedicated lane for Tesla. 
in order to be able to transport their their goods, something along those lines. Oh, correct like, me if like I'm wrong. That's what it. Transport lane, like a yeah. shipping. Lane. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Okay. And the, the basic idea is they are. I mean, the government is actually coming involved and doing something to benefit one organization over another. And I'm all about benefiting the planet, but when you have the government getting involved, favoring one company over another, or yes, penalizing one company, then then it does lead to this situation where you're not going to have, um, it's not going to be a level playing field. You know, it is yeah. going to be scarce in the fact that not everyone is going to be able to bring about this wealth because it's kind of, the system's kind of rigged, right? Mm, yeah. And those that have more money are able to make more money. Yeah. Um... Wait, what's the question? Again? I don't know. It's just this is just it's just turned into a conversation because I, 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 I agree. With you. Yeah, because but I agree in certain regards. I one hundred percent believe in like free markets as well. But I believe government play should be light and not completely absent because it's almost impossible to be completely absent because one, we need you for protection. Like sure. protecting the market sure. is a definite right. Well, and then and incentivizing shouldn't be absent as long as the people want that as well. Because remember, they're supposed to represent the people. Okay, and so if we're like, hey. Electric cars is what we do want. How can we help facilitate that? And this is the solution. It's all aligned. Sure, fine. Now, what I will say about uh, foul play or like yeah, too yeah. much, too many fingers in the pie yeah, yeah. is, um, y yeah, I would just basically say for lack of better terms, then it becomes market manipulation. It's not free. It's not fair. And it's tilted. Uh, I'm trying to find an example of this. So, oh, wait, do you have Yeah, yeah, this this brings me back to a conversation we're having earlier because uh, Akita and I, um, we were talking about just how different ways of seeing the world. We we pretty much have the same ideology, in case you haven't noticed. Like, we believe in free markets, capitalism, all that kind of stuff. But or, I was talking about how you kind of see things more on a spectrum, like more on a macro level, and I'll try to be kind of like offer on bullying about it. Like, it either, you either can or cannot do that kind of stuff. In regards to the free markets, right, my attitude is it shouldn't be up in the air. Like, the government should own only have control in terms of restricting violent behavior. So yeah. either force or fraud, right? As soon as you get into this realm of like, well, you know, they can have enough, they can have restrictions and put regulations on, but it's just as long as the people agree with that, that becomes a spectrum issue because that's always subject to uh, what the general consensus is, right? But if it, it becomes very objective when you say the government should have no ability whatsoever to... Uh, to interfere in anyone's organization, provided they're not committing force of fraud. Because the biggest problem I've had with the recent agenda, right, is that the government has gotten its dirty little fingers into people's businesses and said, "Look, mate, we're not going to allow you to leave uh, your to, to, leave, to, to even operate your business because there's a deadly virus going around." And that's fucking crazy. But there are a lot of conservatives out there that make the argument, "Well, you know, we have to find a balance here." And I'm like. No, the government should have no say in that whatsoever. The government should only be able to do things like, oh, you're committing fraud here? You're not allowed to do that. We're going to punish you. But get your fingers out of my business. What are your thoughts on that? I, I agree. It's sort of, you can draw analogies. Uh, your, your parents are able to, you know, tell you how to live your life to a certain extent, at, you know, at a certain age. And then after a while, you're like, well, that's too far. Well, I live in my own house. You can't tell me I shouldn't party. Or, you know, I, you can't tell me I should date this person. You know, yeah. the government shouldn't be able to tell you how to have sex. Why is missionary style the only acceptable position? You know, like, there's I, I, I love this, and I have right? an objective answer to it, right? So it has to do with guardianship. When you're under the, the, the guardianship of your parents, right, essentially you are subjecting yourself to their... Uh, Rules and regulations. Their rules and regulations and so forth. Obviously, they can't commit harm on you. You know, they're your guardian. They have to take care of you. But essentially, you're under their authority, right? Yeah. They're responsible for you. However, when you reach a point where you have enough 
consciousness enough maturity, you can emancipate yourself by either just just unconsciously in terms of like moving out, or you can legally do that. You know, yeah. once you take on the decision to say, "Hey, look, I'm an individual. I get to rule my own life," and you move out. Well, then you get to decide what you want. But as long as you're living under your parents' house and you're you're subjecting yourself to their will, their guardianship, then you have to subject yourself to that. And he, as a kid, obviously, you don't have the ability to do, do that for yourself, to, to leave. So essentially, you're under the guardianship of your, your parents. So it's, it really is, you either agree to these rules and regulations or you don't agree to them. But it shouldn't be this, well, how much does a government get to influence um, how much parents get to control their children, you know? That's what, where I try to be more objective about this. But... No, I, I think it's you, you're raising some really good points here, but I, I want to bring it to like the free market and how people can really liberate themselves from, well, uh, tyranny financially. Because one of the biggest problems I see right now, right, like this, this, this you kind of touched on this slightly. In terms of what you can do in order to create wealth, right, one of the problems I have is the current system is such that, one, you're going to get taxed a lot unless you're making a substantial amount of money. You're going to be subject to the taxation system, right? Mm. This is why I'm a big fan of the crypto, ladies and gentlemen. Get some uh, oh, Ethereum. Oh, oh. Get some Bitcoin. Can I just slip get in? some Litecoin. Another way to like uh, right. start your path on the way to wealth is right. to view taxes differently. Really? In what sense? Uh, well, are you I, for ta are you for tax? Are you like are you a statist? No, no, no. <laughs> I, I, what I'm trying to say, and I'm probably doing it poorly, is that. You have to really change your views on a lot of things. Like my mind got rocked when I read. Look, I'm telling you, like Rich read, Dad, Poor Dad. read Rich Dad, right. Poor Dad. All right, that story as well because it's a true story of his journey and he had a poor dad, which is actually his All biological right. dad, and his friend had a rich dad. His friend was like more wealthier, and but he became such buddy buddy. He became another father father figure, and that's how he had a rich dad, and All a right. poor dad. And well, Akito, change my mind, my brother. Change my mind about taxation because I'm very principled about this. Taxation is theft. I, I, don't get me, <laughs> don't get me wrong. I agree in certain regards. In more regard, I thought you were all Ayn Randian with this kind of stuff. Objectivist, man. No, 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 no. <laughs> in limitation, right? So I believe that the, you, you should pay taxes. Like this infrastructure, this construct that is your country, that is your government, that is this jurisdiction needs. Ding, 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 ding. Here we go. It's the function, right? Because remember, it's like, theft. people don't like to wait, wait, wait. People don't <laughs> like to see it this way, but your government is a business. They're just a monopoly on it, right? Sure. And so they need some money to function, and we need their protection. If if China attacks, we need their military. If you right? can send it to it, but the necessity just, that's the plea of every well, tyrant. And where's building, that money going? They're I'm using just, this to drop bombs in pl places with brown people all the time. It's I'm like. Just building there well, is well, a need of government. Okay, well, what, first thin. of all, what, what is taxation? It's thin, right? What is taxation? Listen, okay. Like, I'm going hardcore with you on this one, bro, because this is what I do on the crystal journey, fine, bro. That's fine. Yeah, like, because this is, the, this is the statist argument or somewhat of a conservative argument. That, look, all things in moderation. Like, we need to have some totally. ta taxation. We, yeah. You know, in order to make sure the system is, is flourishing. And people use the same argument when it comes to lockdowns when it comes to mandating experimental boom shakalakas as i call them well clearly we can't have you know everyone just running around and like not dark territory. not uh you know subjecting themselves to uh, uh these uh these necessary vaccines okay well whatever happened to sovereignty it's like look here's the thing here's a bit of history in the united states before i think it was 1913 there was no income tax, right? Like, you right. actually can't have functioning... It function was the war that started that. Yeah, you can have functioning societies without this kind of taxation. Totally. Totally. But the, and we've had... In history, the... Uh, in, in Ireland, like, the, basically, you had these uh, tours, right, where essentially you'd have, like, somewhat of a state. The thing is, it was voluntary, but people would get the ability to... Um, 
uh, one, decide what they do with their own money. Like, there was no government yeah. coercion, essentially had a free society, yeah. all right? This stuff can be done. So whenever people make this argument that we got to have some, and look, I understand the necessity argument, we got to have some kind of protection. You can all do, you can no. do that, but it has to be voluntary. But taxation is essentially someone taking that by force and saying that, look, unless, of course, you pay this amount of money, we're going to perform some kind of violent action on you, which is principally not on. Yeah, I, I agree that like I don't like being forced or threatened to do stuff either. And, and I think we agree that there is a base level that, there's a base, basically, if you look at the government as a company, because it is, whether you, or just think of it as that, because it violent is, monopoly. it's just a monopoly. Yeah, violent monopoly. They have no competition. It's just them, right? Yeah. It would and, cease to be like, a, and sorry, go on. And you have signed up because you are a citizen of this land, and so they're the company. You but did, did, you, si did you sign up, though? Like, if, was there some kind of social contract? Because I know I'm getting really philosophical, argumentative with this shit, but... Well, we it's, can always double this, yeah. back, but first, but, but, yeah. say, but I'm just, just say, I'm taking a peek at your argument here. You signed up to I it. I haven't even stated my argument. Well, you made the point that you've signed up, and I haven't signed anything. I didn't see that. Well, uh, if you're uh, a citizen and you like your citizenship, listen. If you don't like what you move, right? And if you can't, well, like, what if you, what if you actually fought for your independence, like in the United States to begin with, right? Fought against this tyranny so that you could have these freedoms, and then yeah. over time, people have gotten in power and decided to apply these tyrannical mandates on you, saying that you need to be taxed. And when you've already, when you've already, it's like me moving into an area and saying, "This is my area. I'm living here, right?" right then someone comes in place and says, "Look, you got to pay taxation." <laughs> let me catch up with you, bro. So one, what I'm saying is that using the United States as an example, there's 50 states. They all come together and they said, "Hey, we will be one country if you provide this, and we will do. We oh, we all are under this banner, this constitution, this flag." Who's we though? I, I didn't. <laughs> let me talk, bro. All right, bro. Let me talk, bro. Let's just say. You require from your government minimum services, right? Listen, like you, you're here in Australia, right? If some shit goes down, you expect some basic things for the government to do, right? Basic. I, I, I wouldn't expect that. I wouldn't well, expect that. Well, because uh, I would want to go down a rabbit hole. All right. Since you pay taxes, you require you expect some services for that money you paid, right? There he goes with all the assumptions. Who says I pay taxes? Okay. Well, whatever then. <laughs> okay. Anyways, I'll speak for myself. Well, all right, brother. To get to this argument, basically, the government is a company, and they said they'll provide protection. You know, the you know a court system, so that if shit goes, if I can't deal with the situation on my own, they'll come and help. You know. A, you know, ameliorate the situation. Sure. Right. And these are services that we. And for some countries, oh, you know, maybe it's like a little bit of healthcare bonuses. Maybe like you know, there's subsidies for the poor, whatever. Right. You get these minimum services that I would expect because I'm paying taxes. Now, there's a threshold. Like I want to pay this much. Like for example, to your point, I don't believe in income tax. So income tax, going back to your, like your little history lesson. So in the U.S. at least, I can only speak for U.S. history. Mm. The Had war, the same thing in Australia the war as well. Happened. And because the the country was like, I'm so, we basically need more money. And if we apply this income tax, we can use that money to fund the war. And so everyone was like, yes, let's do this because we're fighting a world war. Right? Sure, not everyone, so, but yeah, go on. And then, well, whatever. <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah. The, and then so it, it was, we all galvanized for this and voila, I was born yeah. at that time. But you know what I mean? And then. That sounds like a bit of history repeating. Ended, That's like what happened right now the, the last couple ended, of years, right? Had this war. pandemic. Everyone's like, oh, let's all chip in together. Let's force exactly. lockdown everyone, right? And then it's like, oh, we're just doing this for a short amount of time to flatten the curve, right? And then, oh, everyone's on board with it. Really? Everyone's on board with it. And then it becomes permanent. <laughs> True. I mean, there's, there's still a lot of stuff in this. this but essentially, they never pulled out the income tax, right? 
our uh, the U.S. country was formed basically saying that like income tax is, is theft, it's gross, don't go there. Yeah. And in an emergency situation, we applied it and it never got pulled out. Merry Christmas. Yeah. Afternoon. And it's, now to to their defense, there are right. a number of states that have removed it, and you don't pay income tax. Doesn't matter. I would say unless, of course, you as an individual consented to those unlawful mandates, you should not be required to. You see, that would be yeah. the objective statement in regards to it. Totally. But what happens you over time Yeah, is governments always make this argument that, look, it's, a, it's an extreme situation. We need to enact these special measures. State of emergency. This is what's happened over the last few years. And they have, just over the last couple of years, implemented the most outrageous mandates, right? Things that are a direct violation of the uh, Universal De- Declaration of Human Rights. Um, uh, so many human rights violations, right? But now it's just been accepted as normal, right? And over time, this stuff gets normalized. However, the fact of the matter is the government should have no place in this. What happens throughout history is governments typically get bigger and bigger, and it happens because they always have these exceptions to the rule. You know, oh, it's a, it's a world war. Oh, it's a pandemic. And eventually, if you have a look at the situation 55 years ago, right, or longer, we had a lot more freedom. Essentially, people were able to get married without the, the government's involvement. People were allowed to essentially travel to different countries without needing a passport. And what do you think, over the last few decades, has it gotten worse in terms of our freedom or better? And it's always going in this direction. And it only happens because people say, well, it's an exception. What I say is that... There's so many factors. Yeah, that's true, but fun... I I actually want to... We've gone... We've... We've gone over... Yeah. A little bit, but like... um, Actually, where I was going, I think you would agree with an aspect of it. When I, like I if you could send tr- to it, like sure, I, I triggered you when I said you need to think about tax in a different way, and you had assumptions on what I meant, and now we are down this rabbit hole. Yeah, but let me finish because I All think right. you might agree with a little bit of what I'm gonna say. Sure. Um, but if not, it's for the audience because remember, sure. we're trying to tell them how to be absolutely wealthy. fair enough. And one of the ways is that you're gonna need to view things a little differently. This is what I'm going through. This is what I've been through, and. Mm. It, this is just the way it works. Obviously, if you want different results, you got to do stuff differently and see things differently. Sure. Anyways, when Robert Kiyosaki, his views are from that book. One of well, some of his views are that basically you should not pay the government any more money than you need to, right? And I think you would agree with that, right? Um. Yeah. yeah. Which could be zero. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And sometimes yeah. it is zero because yeah. when you own a business and owning a business is a very powerful thing that, okay, that, that that's another point on like how to get wealthy, start a company, f- just figure out the paperwork and do it because sure. you get way more write-offs and benefits to be an LLC or whatever, some sure. sort of structure versus as an individual, they're like, you can't write that off. That doesn't count, whatever, just and, and take your money. Mm. So essentially changing that mindset and going like, oh, I do a service normally for this company. Maybe I'll just like make a little company of myself and then sell the same service and then have a whole bunch of write-offs and all these other protections as bonuses. Anyways, so, so but you get all these write-offs. All your expenses can be written off against all the money that your revenue, right? And mm-hmm. sometimes they equal zero. And guess what? You only get taxed on your gains. So if you have zero gains, or let's just say you are a dollar in profit at the end of the year, you pay taxes on a dollar, and you give the government 30 cents, and you're like, think That's... Absolutely. That's it's navigating yourself based off of the, the, the situation that you find yourself in as, as best as you can. I'm all for that. It's just purely from an ethical stance. Like the, the, the biggest issue I have, which I've already said, is that when you're paying tax, a lot of the times this money is going to causes that you don't necessarily support, you know? Totally. And that becomes an issue. So I... And that's part of our Robert Kiyosaki's argument on why 
I actually, I've I've read and heard speeches from a number mm-hmm. of rich people, and I'm sure they have as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but and a, and a number of them point out that they will not give the government more money than is ever needed to in taxes because one, they understand their business. Like think about Elon and Tesla, because we already talked about it. Sure, him. he knows that business inside and out to the point where he's one of the most successful car companies out of nowhere. Yeah. right. Like so, he knows in and out. So Space company why would now, a government? Yeah. Why would he give the government money that he could use to do all sorts of other important things in his business? Pay for more staff, do all this. Why would he Why would he throw that away to the government when they're going to do all these sorts of stuff that you mentioned that he might not agree with or sure. isn't beneficial to him per se, right? Um, when So essentially, he knows better what to do with this money than the government yeah. does. The government has different objectives. Absolutely. And can I just say that I'm all for uh, taxation. It doesn't become taxation when it's voluntary, right? And like there's certain countries like I believe in Denmark where you get to choose where your tax dollars are spent. Like That's if you cool. want to focus or them on medical... Absolutely. That through. would be fantastic. But it's it's a real troubling thing when you're giving money out it's forcibly been taken from you and it's going to things that you don't necessarily support indirectly whether that be abortion taboo topic whether that be funding um pharmaceutical companies that will mandate uh, some, out yeah banks that screwed up. absolutely and that's where it becomes an issue you know but i i did want to just address this because oh. we, we spoke about things that you can do in order to develop your wealth and so forth mm. um these are some of the ideas i, I have and i'd love Get you to challenge crypto. this right like one of the problems i have is that a Get lot of people crypto. over the last years have realized that uh, and it's becoming more like this. Like Joe Biden recently signed some act. I can't remember what it was that essentially gives the the government more power to uh, control your money and so forth. But this this stuff isn't news. It's been like this for a long time. If the if the government said, let's say you 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 uh you park in the wrong area, you get a parking fine, right? Mm. And you just des- decide not to pay that. Over time, you can receive these infringement fines, and that can build up. And then at some point, the and government can just say, car. we're just going to take your car, or we're just going to take your house, right? Really? Yeah. Really, bro. That's a possible, that's a scenario that is actually not just built of air and imagination, but is a legitimate thing. What happens is when you get, yeah, but when you get in trouble with the government, right, for doing things that are, I would say you're right, like, let's say refusing to partake in whatever it might be, you know, some kind of experiment. But why don't you take it to court? Because the, it out in court, that's where you need to battle. Because the court, because, because the courts are implementing something which is unjust. Let's say, your situation where the courts decide to enact something that's unlawful, right? Like in- enact a a mandate that uh, that forces people to undergo some kind of like experimental vaccine or something like that. Hypothetical. Oh, wait a sec, that actually happened. Or requires people to be locked in their homes right now, right? You don't want to abide by these laws, and then the state, right, which has been co-opted, right, by some uh, <laughs> some illegal entity. And I'm not speaking in hypotheticals here. This is actually what has happened. All right, decides to fine you eventually they do have the power to see your property and things like that so the point i'm trying to make is i would like to create a system where i have as much control in my own account my finances as possible and i don't i don't want to be in a situation where i'm vulnerable to the state in any way and that means thinking about where i store my money thinking about even like the the property that i own because as soon as you i mean Maybe this sounds a little extreme because a lot of people are so caught up wanting to live in the system, you know, like, I think it's possible to leave, live in the system, but also not be dependent on it, like to hit it, to be in a situation where if need be, you can get the hell out of this country or you can, uh, yeah, you, you can use yeah. your own money without having to depend on a bank that can essentially just 
take your money away. Or it and just folds and you can't get your money out. Absolutely. Because it seems completely extreme to most people because we haven't lived through that. But, but the over the last... Financial crisis. Yeah. Crazy. But over the last few hundred years, every... Every currency is essentially going to zero, right? And we've seen time and time again, governments essentially try to, whether it's taking the gold from citizens or just seizing, freezing people's bank accounts. They did this in the United States recently, and uh, it's happened here in Australia as well. So, they did so, in Canada. Yeah, they did in Canada. But essentially, I think it's important to be thinking about how to deal with th the situation if, uh, if it becomes a, a situation where the government decides to just seize all your stuff, you know? Well, I guess it's, it's just... It's good to have fail safes it's good to have sure. backup plans yeah you know i got my money in crypto and in a normal bank account as well you would diversify like to think that maybe you're working a job and you're fine you're coasting there's no problem but maybe it's good to have a resume ready just in case one shit goes down at work or you wake up one day and you, you hate it or the business goes out uh, you know out of fashion or bankrupt you know like or it's good to have uh money stored aside just in case Chase the fan, and you need an emergency situation. You need surgery, or you need whatever. Like you should always have a backup plan, hands down. And now, I mean, how you sort of framed it is basically one backup plan. I guess we can tie that into like ways to like be on the path towards wealth. Um, it's probably like a broken record, but like get into crypto. But more specifically, just get into Bitcoin. Get a piece of Bitcoin. Get like a half a Bitcoin. Get a point oh one Bitcoin. Because to your point, um perception thing as well like bitcoin essentially makes you your own bank like your the, the wallet when you when you spring it up and you have a bitcoin that is your bank as long as like you have it on your own hardware wallet assuming it's not on an exchange um that's it you, and then no one can take that from you absolutely and, yeah like that's it and that can be there forever you know it's your nest egg it's whatever and and you could take it to any country and bitcoin is universal we know when elon has us on mars through starlink you'll be able to transact to the moon bro. you know the end bro we've only just touched on the financial aspect of stuff and there's so many different levels to what you do and what, that we could go into but i i'm glad that we kind of like kept mm. it around here one thing i got to ask you man because i know lately a lot of people have taken interest in a certain organization called uh what's it called hackers university no what's it called hustlers university right this is for those that are not aware a program by andrew tate the tate brothers that essentially gives you all these different avenues for creating wealth a lot of people have looked at it as a pyramid scheme because it has an affiliate uh, program, but from what I understand, that's been recently taken down because of all the people that have been shitting on this thing. Um, but do you are you familiar with this? And, no. Oh, you're not. All right. I was going to get your thoughts on it, but essentially, uh, Hustles University it creates it, it gives all these different strategies to creating wealth. I think it's got something like 18 cool. different programs. Like a it's fifty dollars a month. Version of what we're trying to do now. Absolutely. And I I was hearing you know the notorious Andrew Tate talk about this. I mean, not all the stuff he says is you know is crazy. The guy's got some good knowledge, and the guy is obviously someone that is very successful financially. But he's been promoting this thing like crazy, and a lot of people it seems. I mean, there's there's been over like um, well tens and thousands of subscribers onto this mm. thing are using this as a way of creating wealth. And I mean, I'm not giving this the I'm not advising anyone to try this thing but uh yeah I'm, I'm always curious about new approaches to making wealth because one thing for certain is that the classical approach going to a university creating this ridiculous amount of debt debt and then spending a good amount of your your your, your time trying to pay it off and then building up a nest egg and so forth and relying on your 401k whatever it is in the states or uh, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah it's 
that's that's old news. That shit is not as effective anymore, particularly when the U.S. government is printing out more money over the last few years than it's printed in, like, it's the, the 40, something like 40% of the amount of wealth that's in circulation in the U.S. dollar has no, been printed out over the last... Money. Of money, yeah, that's what I meant. Money, money supply, yeah, yeah, money supply has been printed out over the last uh, few years, and what that does in terms of your nest egg there is definitely not a good thing. So these are things that I I'm definitely exploring. That I mm. think are worthwhile considering. Yeah, and I th- yeah, I don't know a lot about <laughs> Andrew Tate and all of that. I I know that he drops a number of like really interesting truth bombs, and that program sounds good if you're looking to create wealth. He's obviously done it. You know, mm. he's wealthy. Skeptical, so, by the way. I mean, we're not endorsing this thing. It's just, yeah. Oh, it, but it, I mean, it since be, you brought it up and you want yeah, thoughts on it. But I, mean, I don't want to like have right. people subscribing saying a Christian told me to check this out. No, but yeah. I mean, like you can, <clears throat> I mean, just surround yourself with like-minded people do. Maybe yeah. you have a friend that also wants to get out of the rat race. Just like team up and yeah. buy books and share knowledge. And, and then you That's have why like Aikido's here, man. It makes me look good. <laughs> and he's got some great wealth knowledge and whatnot. <laughs> bro bro we've just hit the one hour mark and you know i didn't really know where this conversation was gonna go we we had a whole bunch Tune of things we we're gonna delve into but we really got deep into the financial world which is something that is one of your many expert areas of expertise so i feel like a lot of people are going to benefit from this drop us some comments below let us know what your thoughts are on the knowledge keto was dropping let us know how you feel about uh uh, Hustlers University and all the other things that I've spoken about. Am I completely crazy in regards to wanting to keep the government out of my bank account, or do I have the wrong idea about wealth? Uh, is, is a keto on the money? Let me know in the comments below. Uh, but ladies and gentlemen, uh, first of all, Akito, thank you so much for coming on my podcast, man. I know uh, you've been a little apprehensive. It's like, what Chris, what's what's Krishna going to throw at me over here? You know, but I feel like it's been a great podcast. We, we delved into some really important topics, and uh, bro, I'd love to have you on again. We can delve into some other crazy shit, you know, at yeah, some point. That's yeah, cool. Yeah, I would definitely be back. Awesome. All right. Well, I'm gonna leave it there. You won't work it. Don't make the press. You won't make it. I don't hear-